This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Welcome to Through the Ringer. I'm your host, Tate Frazier, and today we have a jam-packed show. We're talking NBA, folks, and we got Raheem Palmer to come on the show and break down some of the best bets moving forward in all these series and beyond. We're going to get into all that right now. So joining us is the great Raheem Palmer. All right, welcome back to Through the Ringer. I am your host, Tate Frazier, and today we have the great Raheem Palmer from the Ringer Gambling Show and, of course, East Coast Bias here on FanDuel TV. Raheem, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me. It's truly an honor. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I love that energy. Uh, and you've been on a bit of a hot streak. I, I like what you got going on. Last time you were on the show, you were correct uh, when we were talking about boxing. So uh, today we're not going to talk about boxing. We're going to talk about basketball because, of course, as we both know, it's NBA playoff season. And we're going to start out in the West with the Suns and the Nuggets series that's happening tonight. Of course, Jokic coming off an all-time performance and a loss. Devin Booker said after the game that we're okay if he has 50-plus points as long as we win the game. Uh, the Suns, of course, have tied the series up at 2-2. Uh, and here are the odds right now. The Suns are plus 136 to win. The Nuggets are minus 162. We are back in Denver. We're back in the Mile High City. Um, and uh, let me ask you, Raheem, a simple question. Is this series going to come down to home court advantage? I do think it's going to come down to home court advantage. I mean, when you look at the fact that the Denver Nuggets this season, they are 34-7 and in the regular season. And on the road, they're 19 and 22. So, I mean, the biggest thing that you're seeing throughout this series is that both of these teams' role players are really struggling on the road, but they're getting it done at home. I mean, you look at, at Shamit last night, 20 points. I mean, the Nuggets can't overcome Devin Booker and Kevin Durant putting up a dominant performance and then still giving up 20 from Shamit. So, 
Yeah, it was. Uh, I, th- I saw Ernie Johnson after the game. He deemed it the Landry Shamit game. So that's how we'll all remember it in history. And I think it's a smart move, right? Monty puts a bunch of shooters out on the court. TJ Warren has been a nice piece for them. And then when you had the two man game of, you know, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, Durant takes 19 shots, Booker takes 18 shots. They've done a good job of kind of separating that offensive load. And they're not taking as many threes, right? They're living in the mid range. And the pace is kind of picked up for the Phoenix Suns. And obviously, they're doing this right now with. Without Chris Paul, um, after last night's game, or after you know two nights ago, we saw them play in Phoenix. Um, Devin Booker, like I said after the game, was very confident. He looks amazing right now. He's shooting you know over seventy five percent over the last two games, so he's obviously on a tear. Um, who do you think right now, Raheem, is in control of this series? I still think it's the Denver Nuggets. I mean, when you look at the fact that Devin Booker has to have a true shooting percentage of 71 for them to barely eke out games. Kevin Durant has to add another 30 to 40 points for them to barely eke out games. To me, the Denver Nuggets are by far the better team. But I mean, I just think we saw in games three and four, the Denver Nuggets role players just haven't shown up. And with them having home court advantage, I think they have the edge here. I think at some point, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, as well as they've been playing, they're going to run out of gas. I mean, they're averaging 41 minutes per game throughout this series. They have to, you know, pretty much drop 80 points in order for them to win. So I think the Denver Nuggets are going to eventually get it done. Well, that leads me right into my next question, which is, is the depth of the Suns a true concern? Obviously, in the playoffs, we all talk about depth. You also have a situation where, like you said, role players show up at home, not typically on the road. So uh, with the depth of the Suns not quite being there, do, do we point to that and say that's the reason why they might not survive this series? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the Phoenix Suns are in a very similar position as my beloved Philadelphia 76ers were last year. I mean, there's no real precedent for trading for a star player at the deadline and winning a championship. I mean, I think we saw it with, you know, Clyde Drexler and the Houston Rockets in 1985. We saw it with Rasheed Wallace in 2003 with the Detroit Pistons. But, you know, they, those those guys weren't the true stars of the team. Kevin Durant was a true star, and they had to give up a lot. So this team doesn't have a lot of depth. I mean, you saw it last year with the Philadelphia 76ers. They had to improve this summer by bringing guys in like P.J. Tucker, bringing guys in like DeAnthony Melton. And I think the Suns will have to do the same. So I think next year is their real title window. But right now, there's, it's just not sustainable for them to continue winning like this with no death. Yeah, and now we have a situation where we have a conversation around the owner and Nikola Jokic, right? We had the incident in Phoenix. You know, Ishbia, the owner of the Suns, holds on to the basketball. They get into a little ratata. Jokic throws an elbow. Uh, Ishbia, I don't know if it's a block or a charge, maybe a flop, but he goes down. Um, and we have that whole incident play out. I wanted to ask you, uh, whose side are you on here, uh, Raheem? Are you on the side of the player? Are you on the side of the quote-unquote fan, a.k.a. the billionaire owner? Um, and do you think there should be a suspension for this action? Well, I mean, Ishbia came out today and said there should be no suspension. I mean, it's just one Which of those things great. that just just one of those unfortunate events that happen. I'm always on the side of the player. At the end of the day, I mean, if you're a fan, if you're an owner, I mean, we saw in the NBA Finals back in 2019, one of the Warriors owners actually got suspended for pushing Kyle Lowry. Um, fortunately, it didn't go that far this time. But at the end of the day, if you're an owner, you're a fan, you got to know your role. You stay out the way. Jokic was trying to get the basketball. So, I mean, I'm always on the side with the, the player. 
And Ishbia was a former player himself, a former walk-on at Michigan State. So uh, at some level, he knows what he's doing. There's a little bit of gamesmanship there, right? He's trying to make sure that Jokic doesn't get the ball and Akogi is, you know, sitting there in the crowd and he starts a fast break and they have a five-on-four type situation. So uh, if anything, shout-out to Ishbia for being aware enough to know about the situation, but also take back that shout-out because that was a flop. I, I, I did not like the flop. I did not, I mean, I did not like how he went down there. You know, the funny thing is he's a fiery type. I mean, he's a new owner. And we just saw on, you know, the um, Bill Simmons podcast, him and the Cavaliers um, owner are beefing. So already he's making his mark on his league. <laughs> yeah, both those guys are Detroit guys. And uh, obviously it seemed like no love is lost between them. Um, and, yeah, he came out swinging. Um, and now he's already in a situation where I'm sure Mark Cuban is jealous at this point. Mark Cuban is texting all the other <laughs> owners, probably sp- spreading some uh, some misinformation about Ishbia, but I think he's just jealous, right? He- he's already becoming a face in this league. Um, speaking of faces of the league, uh, let's talk about who the best player is right now in this series. Obviously, most people are pointing to the fact that Devin Booker has been all-worldly incredible. He's kind of separated himself as you know the best shooting guard right now in basketball, but he's also going up against a guy, Nikola Jokic, that was right there for MVP this season. He was right on the verge of having three straight MVPs for the first time since Larry Bird. So we're talking about rarefied air. So I asked you, Raheem, the simple question, who in your mind is the best player in the series right now? Oh, it's by far Nikola Jokic. I mean, as great as, you know, Devin Booker is playing, Nikola Jokic is averaging 37, 14 rebounds and almost 10 assists. I mean, like Nikola Jokic is the best player in basketball. And I'm saying as a guy who wanted Joel Embiid to win MVP, but there's levels to this. And, you know, Devin Booker, I mean, he's, he's, he's absolutely incredible. I mean, 36 points, five rebounds, eight assists. I mean, he's shooting 71%. But, I mean, Jokic right now, I mean, the value that he adds when he's on the floor, I mean, like it's tough to win. Like, the, the Suns pretty much have to win the nine Jokic minutes because when Jokic is on the floor, it's very hard to beat them. So, yeah, I, I'm going to call Jokic. Yeah, as we saw in game four, 53 points. I mean, you know, you, you look around at that point and say, can somebody help this guy out? Um, because he is dominating at that type of level, um, which comes to, you know, the next question. This is what we do in the NBA as soon as a team that is a number one seed loses. We're doing it with the Milwaukee Bucks right now. Do they need to blow it up? What's the plan for the future? Obviously, they fire their head coach. But if the Nuggets were to lose this series in, in, in you know, the next few games and they get bounced by the Suns, would it lead to a situation where the Nuggets would need a roster? to reset in your mind would would they have to put it in terms of KOC would they have to blow it up at that point see I don't want to go that far um just because I, I just as I, I think this Nuggets team is is really good I mean it's, it's just you know unfortunately one of these teams has to lose I mean I think if the Nuggets end up losing this series Mike Malone will probably be the scapegoat here because um you're not supposed to lose this series with the death that the Phoenix Suns have Mm, yeah, we're in a situation where uh, in the NBA, you blame the coaches, right? In college, you know, the coaches blame the players. <laughs> that, that, that's usually what happens to make sure they keep their jobs. But in the NBA, we go straight to the coach, as we saw with Coach Bud. He is now out in Milwaukee. Hopefully, Mike Malone is not looking at that same uh, path at this point because I think the Nuggets are going to figure it out. One last question about this series. Are there any props or parlays that you like in particular in this series as we forecast ahead? 
Well, I mean, one of the things that I actually did give out on the Hundreds podcast um, on the Ringer Gambling Show was I did give out over five and a half games and that clinched yesterday with the Phoenix Suns game for victory. Um, one of the things I do still like is I still like the Denver Nuggets minus one and a half games. You can get that at FanDuel right now. You can get that actually at plus money. Um, I, I think the, the Nuggets are going to close this out at six. Um, you look at this Phoenix Suns team. I, I still think with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, are doing is unsustainable. So I like that. But I also like the Denver Nuggets to win this series. You can get that at minus 162. Um, and I also like them tonight. You can lay the five and a half. I think the Nuggets, they take them into the deep waters and drown them, as I always say. Yeah, there you go. So the Denver Nuggets, that's who Raheem likes. I'm right there with you, Raheem. I think the Nuggets are going to get it done. I think they're a true number one seed. And I, I'm excited to see what happens uh, once they get into, you know, that situation where Jokic can kind of get some of those demons off his back, right? I mean, they made the conference finals in the bubble, but not a lot of people talk about it. So I would like to see him have some postseason success. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do, too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it you can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. All right, let's head out to the East because you mentioned Philadelphia. You are an expert on the 76ers. You know what's going on. We got MVP Joel Embiid and the Sixers with James Harden. A nice pass from Embiid kicks out to the corner. They tie the series up at 2-2. Uh, we have a situation where a question is being asked, is big game James going to show up in game five, Raheem? Do you think we're going to get James Harden playing at this level again? I mean, based on what we've what history has told us throughout the playoffs, I mean, James Harden and Anthony Davis, they alternate games on which, like, on playing well. Um, you know, so it's just like you almost could bet against James Harden playing well based on what we saw in game four. But um, I think the biggest thing when it comes to the Philadelphia 76ers is that our stars are showing up. I mean, you look at James Harden, 28 points per game throughout this series, six rebounds, seven assists. You look at Joel Embiid. I mean, even though he missed game number one, it was a little rusty in game number two, he's still doing his part. But we need more from Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris. I mean, those guys have been really disappointing. So I think the Sixers, I mean, they find themselves in a series that which is really winnable, but the role, role players got to really step up. Yeah, and if you look at the odds right now, the Sixers are plus 250 to win the series. The Celtics are minus 310. Um, you know, after this game happens, you could see sort of uh, the fallout from the Celtics. Obviously, a possession that was kind of botched there at the end. Tatum initiates the offense a little bit late, kicks it out. Smart shot is late in the end. The Philadelphia fans go crazy. They're having a fun time. We all saw it happen live. Um, how much pressure now, Raheem, is on the Celtics with this series tied at 2-2? Two to two? I think there's a ton of pressure on the Celtics. And the biggest reason why is because when you look at this Celtics team, the two games in which they won, they were blowouts. But when you look at the two close games in which the Sixers won, I mean, those were back and forth games. And 
when you look at these two teams, the Philadelphia 76ers have dominated in the clutch in the postseason. The NBA.com defines clutch games as games in which are decided by five points or fewer in the last five minutes of the game. The Sixers are 3-1 and one with a net rating of plus 44 in clutch games. When you look at the Boston Celtics, they struggled in the clutch, 3-4 and four with a net rating of minus 9.5. I mean, this is a team that's given up an offensive rating of 144 in the clutch this season. I mean, so, I mean, you go all the way back to the Brad Stevens era, the Emil Udoka era. This core with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, they really struggle in the clutch. And I think that could be their undoing in this series if we get another close game in game five, game six, and possibly a game seven. Yeah, I love the stat that I saw. The Celtics are 0-3 in one-point games, and the Sixers are 4-0 and in one-point games. So that kind of says something there about the execution late, which then comes into question coaching, right? So i got to ask you this. How much does coaching, in your opinion, play into how you make picks in this series? Of course, we got Doc Rivers, who won a championship with the Boston Celtics, going up against Joe Mazzulla, who was once an interim coach. Now he has the full-time gig there. But again, this is kind of his first rodeo. How much does that play a part into who you like in this series? I mean, I think it plays a huge part. I mean, I think we're seeing it all throughout the NBA postseason. I mean, we see in the Miami Heat series against the New York Knicks, Eric Spoelstra is out coaching Tom Thibodeau. You look at this series. I mean, I've never been the biggest fan of Glenn Rivers. I think Glenn Rivers, you see him shine when, you know, the deck is stacked against him, when he doesn't have, you know, his full deck of cards, when he doesn't have his starter playing, like in game one with Joel Embiid. But, in this series, he's the better coach than Joe Mazzulla. I mean, you saw yesterday in, in, in game four, Joe Mazzulla doesn't call a timeout at the end of regulation. He doesn't call a timeout in overtime. And the execution was bad. So you look at like Doc Rivers, to me, he's the better coach in this series, which is rare. And it just feels like the execution for the Boston Celtics isn't quite there. It doesn't feel like the defense is always there on the level in which they had when they were, they were coached by Ima Udoka. So I think that's that's going to come up huge for the Sixers here. Yeah, and we got after the game, they asked Jalen Brown about, you know, no field goals attempted in overtime. He said he's got to demand the ball more. Uh, Doc Rivers went into his postgame press conference. He was pretty heated. He pointed out, you know, Jason Tatum's push off on Maxi. You know, he said that was a foul. You have to call that as a foul. I thought that was some gamesmanship right there from Doc, which goes back to the coaching and the impact that can go into these games. So all very fascinating stuff. Um, let's talk some props, though. How should betters handicap and view this series with Embiid, who missed action early in the series and uh, is trying to balance kind of James Harden and the game plan now. How do you bet these two guys when it comes to props? And should we be focusing more on Harden than, than an Embiid at this point, even though he is the MVP? I mean, the biggest prop that I like from James Harden is, you know, like he's going over his assist numbers every single night. Um, right. I mean, this is a guy with the ball in his hand all the time. Um, yesterday, I kind of gave out Tobias Harris over 13 and a half points. But I mean, like I said before, the role players have been disappointing. Um, I do think you can you can go over um, Joel and be over points pretty much every night because, you know, they're force feeding him all the time. So um, I like that that Harden assist over. I think what is that um, for this game? I mean, he's at eight and a half. I don't think they can make that high enough. So that's where I would approach it. 
Yeah, and shout out to James Harden for uh, taking on that role, initiating the offense. And to be honest with you, they were almost a little bit scarier without Embiid at times because B-ball Paul was switching everything. They're not as uh, predictable right on offense. They're not force-feeding Embiid, like you said. And obviously Embiid is amazing, but sometimes th- that little wrinkle kind of throws you off a little bit. And Boston has struggled a bit um, with dealing with that, and especially dealing with James Harden. Um, so, you know, this is the simple question. This is what everyone's going to ask you. Who do you have in tonight's matchup? We got the Celtics. We got the Sixers. We're back in Boston. Do you think the Celtics handle business at home? You know, I'm I'm a little torn on this one. I'm a, I'm gonna be honest with you. I just think from a numbers perspective, the Boston Celtics are kind of being mispriced. Like me personally, I have this line. Uh, my model has this around five. Um, but I think the, the Celtics is probably gonna come out strong. I think if I was going to play this, I would play the Boston Celtics team total over 110 and a half. When you look at the Boston Celtics in this series, the strength of their team has been their offense. They're averaging 116 points per game on 1.26 points per possession. So I think if the Celtics are going to win this game, it's going to be on their offense. And you look at the Celtics in game number four, they put up 115 points and Tatum missed his first eight shots. I mean, like he wasn't performing well. Jalen Brown actually was in foul trouble early. So, I mean, you you saw the Celtics in the first half. They didn't even perform up to their offensive standards. So, I think the way to play this is Boston Celtics over team total 110 and a half. You don't have to worry about them covering a seven-point spread. I think they get there with ease. Yeah, I like it. I like that pick. All right, let's go big picture. That's what we do here at the Ringer. We're going to look at the NBA Finals odds, and here are the current odds to win the NBA title according to our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Again, the Boston Celtics are the favorite at plus 165. we got the Nuggets at plus 460, the Lakers at plus 500, the Suns plus 650, the Sixers, your Sixers, plus 800, and the Golden State Warriors at plus 850. So there you have it, Raheem. We got th- those are the odds right now to win the NBA Finals. So obviously the Boston Celtics plus one sixty five. They're still the favorites. Do you like the Celtics as the favorites, or should we be looking somewhere else for value? Yeah, I don't like the Boston Celtics at all at plus one sixty five. I just think there's no value there, like getting close to even money. You know, when I look at some of the other teams that I feel like have value, I mean the ball, the Denver Nuggets at plus four sixty. I mean to me. They have home court advantage going up against the Suns. They're going to be favorites in game five and game seven. And, you know, they'll probably be short road dogs in game six. So I think that has a ton of value. Um, If you want to make a sneaky pick, I mean, why not the Miami Heat? I mean, they seem like they have the edge over the New York Knicks at, at, you know, 21 to one is is worth, you know, a good lottery ticket. I mean, this is a team that has Jimmy Butler. And, you know, like if they were to take on the Boston Celtics in, the Easter conference finals. I mean, we saw them take them to seven last year. So, you know, getting, you know, 21 to one, that's some, that's a, that's a strong lottery ticket right there. Yeah, I think that's the definition of value if you look at it there. And uh, Jimmy Butler was 1-3 away from, like you said, making a run back to the finals. Obviously, the Boston Celtics end up going to the finals after surviving that series in seven games. All right, let's look at the finals MVP odds. This is also fascinating. We got Jason Tatum as the favorite right now at plus 270. You got Nikola Jokic at plus 500. Jalen Brown plus 850. LeBron James at plus 1,000. Joel Embiid at plus 1,000. And Stephen Curry at plus 1,000. Um, looking at that you know group of guys which one do you think has the most value and why is it Nikola Jokic at plus 500 
Yeah, I think Nikola Jokic at plus 500, I mean, that definitely has the most value. I mean, when you look at the fact that, you know, we spoke about the Denver Nuggets earlier and how much we like them. So that has a ton of value to, to me. Um, the interesting sneaky play for me is probably Anthony Davis at plus 1,200 because, I mean, you watch him in this Warriors series and he appears to be the best player on the court at times. So that's a that's a sneaky one. Um, and then you can't lose going with Jimmy Butler at 22 to 1. <laughs> Yeah, I like that pick. I also will say Anthony Davis, I'm calling him the yo-yo because uh, it's every other game. He's very up and down. It's one game 30 and 10, the next game 16 and 9. Um, and it's just like the roller coaster that you expect. You can already see that. You, I, I would promise you I expect him to bounce back and have a great game after having a bad game. That's just what he does. So at this point, the yo-yo Anthony Davis. And I think that's good value if the Lakers are your bet. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Um, all right, before I let you go, Raheem, one last question. I, of course, am a college hoops guy. I got to talk about college basketball. The biggest story, if you go to your Google News tab and type in college basketball, it is every page. It is every headline. Of course, LeBron James Jr., a.k.a. Bronny, who was at Game 3, um, he has announced his commitment to play at USC next year. He's going to stay in L.A. Um, what was your reaction to this news, and were you surprised to see that he chose USC? I wasn't surprised to see him, you know, stay at USC. I mean, I, I I like it just because, you know, the one thing is like, I mean, you see a lot of guys go the the G League route. And for me, this is this is just a better look because you get to see Bronny on the biggest stage. You get to see him at, at March Madness. You get to see him. I think this will probably be the last year where USC is in the Pac-12. But you can see him at the Pac-12 tournament. Um, and... You know, it's nice to be able to see these guys every single night as opposed to the G League where it just feels like a guy disappears. And, you know, I'm happy for LeBron because, you know, he could leave a Lakers game or, you know, leave Lakers practice and actually see his son play basketball. So I wasn't surprised to see him him go there. Um, as far as Bronny, you know, I'm rooting for his, his success. I mean, we all know that LeBron James wants to play with Bronny in the NBA. So um, <laughs> I haven't heard, you know, anything about him being like a top tier prospect, but um, I think this will be a good school for him um, because I think he's going to be given all the opportunity in the world. Yeah, and he's got a situation where the number two player in the class, Isaiah Collier, is coming in. They played with each other at the Nike Hoop Summit. They know each other well. Collier, uh, I would say he's the number one player in the class. Ron Holland just jumped up to number one. He's you know trying to figure out where he's going to go to school next year. But Collier coming in with Bronny, that's a fun backcourt. They got Boogie Ellis coming back. Um, so they got three really solid guards there. Um, I know this is way too early, and we all know it's way too early, but I have to ask, is USC currently at plus 3,500 to win the NCAA tournament? Um, is that good value? If you believe in Bronny, if you believe in the big picture, do you take that value right now, Raheem? I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not the biggest college hoops guy. So, um, like, I wouldn't even know how to, like, deduct value from this bet <laughs> right now. <laughs> I mean, my guess would be that it doesn't have value just because, you know, Le he's LeBron James' son. And 
you know, everybody's going to be wanting to put that ticket in. So I would assume that, you know, that that has the least value on the board at this point in time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As a college hoops guy, that would be the dumbest bet possible. So definitely don't do that. Uh, that would be unfair to everybody <laughs> unless you just want to throw some money away, which if that's your, your intention, then so be it. Let it happen. Um, last thing. On your, in your opinion, obviously you've seen him a little bit, but do you think Bronny will be a one-and-done guy, and do you think that LeBron's dream of playing with Bronny seems very possible and reasonable and plausible at this point? I don't think he's going to be – I mean, I think he can be a one-and-done guy, but I don't know if it's the best idea for him to be a one-and-done guy. But mm. the biggest thing that I've seen from watching the NBA all my life is that the NBA is about opportunity. And, you know, it's like anywhere else. I mean, you know – we see we see nepotism, you know, help people out everywhere, whether, it's, you know, you're working in the financial markets, whether you're working at, you know, whether you're, you know, Will Smith's son um, and you want to get into a movie like, I mean, that's how it works. So um, I could see, you know, LeBron James son, you know, having an opportunity to play with, I mean, in the NBA as a one and done guy, just because, I mean, his father is LeBron James. I mean, you look at Doc Rivers he pretty much saved his son's career um, by bringing him to the Clippers. Um, so I think you'll see the same thing with Bronny. Um, I'm not sure if he's a star. I think, you know, Bill Simmons compared him to the Davion Mitchell type. You know, he's like 6'2". I mean, he's proven it to be a good shooter. If he can, you know, knock down outside shots and play some defense, I think he has a place in the league. So um, between that and having LeBron James as his father and then also being affiliated with, you know, Rich Paul and Clutch, I mean, he's going to have all the opportunity in the world to shine in the NBA. So yeah. I think he can come out. You know, maybe he's not a, a number one draft pick. Maybe he's a, you know, second round draft pick, but he's going to play basketball somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And the South Bay Lakers aren't far away either, so he can always just get into the system and then go from there. So we know how this all works. Again, he is Raheem Palmer. Thanks so much for coming on the show, man. You can check him out on East Coast Bias here on FanDuel TV and the Ringer Gambling Show. Again, thanks so much, Raheem. Thanks for having me. Always an honor. All right, there you have it, Raheem Palmer. We love having him come on the show. He is uh, He's the professional here. He's going to get you up to date on what you need to do if you're a gambler or if you're just someone that likes to you know, throw out some money on a few uh, futures every once in a while. So always good to have him, always good to get us up to speed. But before we go, we have a new uh, segment, concept, idea, whatever you want to call it. It's the Through the Ringer Parlay, and this is a fun one. And uh, don't blame the messenger, but if you bet this and it wins, give me all the credit. Um, so for Tuesday night's NBA action, we got Devin Booker, 20-plus points in this one. Devin Booker has been on a tear. I think he handles business. I think even if he has a bad game, he still scores 20-plus points. We got the Suns plus 5.5. We got James Harden, 20-plus points. I think Harden gets it done. I'm a little bit worried about that one, but I think he can do it. And we got the Celtics minus 7 to win this game back in Boston. I think they're going to be a little upset. I think Joe Mazzulla is going to get his guys going. So if you add that all up and you parlay it together, those odds are plus 452. And if you do the math there, if you bet 10, you will win $45, a big, rousing $45. Kyle is sitting over here, producer Kyle. He's fired up about that $45. So there you go. The Through the Ringer parlay is right there. Go bet that right now. And again, if it works, give me credit. If it doesn't, don't blame the messenger. That's all I can do here on Through the Ringer. Again, thank you to Raheem Palmer for coming on the show today. It was a fun one. That's it from L.A. I'm your host, Tate Frazier, and we will see you back on Thursday here at Through the Ringer. See you then. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. 
My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like Ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.